This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. BFM 89.9, it's Thursday, 6th of December. I'm Julian Ng, and together with me is Joyce Go. The Breakfast Grill is happening after the 8 a.m. news, and we're going to have Dato Sri Mir Sadiq Habib, Managing Director of Habib Jewels. And Joyce, you're going to speak to him. What are you going to talk about? Well, they're turning 60 this year. So, you know, just talk to him about, you know, latest developments of the company as well as how they've. Uh, you- changed over time and it'll be interesting to hear his thoughts on the changing landscape for the jewellery industry. So that's uh, that's Habib turning 60 and mm-hmm. not Dato Sri, No, right? Habib is turning 60. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he'll be on uh, The Breakfast Grill after the 8 o'clock news. Okay, great. Stay mm. tuned for that and let's look into some business headlines according to sources and this is a news report by Malaysia Kini. Arul Kanda is to be charged over one MDB report temp um, in the Malaysia Kini exclusive, MACC, told, uh, MACC sources told uh, Malaysia Kini that former 1MDB president Arul Kanda is expected to be hauled to the court over alleged tempering on the 1MDB report. Well, Malaysia Kini also learned that former Prime Minister Datuk Sri Najib Razak could be charged after he was accused of ordering the amendment of the report. And I think the date of uh, at which the case will be brought to court will depend on the Deputy Public Prosecutor and a senior MACC official said that the pair are expected to be charged under Section 23 of the MACC Act, which outlines offences of abusing power for gratification. And uh, also, uh, I guess this, he said, uh, he said, uh, tit for tat is still going on b- between Tan Sri Am- Amrin Buang uh, and former Auditor General uh, and the MACC. Uh, when asked about uh, Tan Sri Amrin Buang, uh, the source commented that MACC had yet to decide whether to level charges against the pair. Uh, who are also implicated in the tampering scandal. Yeah, so this is uh, the pair, meaning former Auditor General Tan Sri Amrin Buang and former Chief Secretary to the Government Tan Sri Ali Hamza. I think that's what they're talking about. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yes. So, yeah. so much, uh, still a lot of news coming out from this whole 1MDB story. Yeah, absolutely continue to unfold that. Uh, but interestingly also, there is a manhunt from Jolo. Uh, this is from the uh, Jolo and four others from the Malaysian Reserve front page. If you recall yesterday, we brought you news that uh, Jolo is being charged in absentia along with four other associates for criminal breach of trust and money laundering. Today, it is being widely reported that the manhunt is on for the five fugitives whose whereabouts are unknown. Yeah, so IGB Tanshri Mohammad Fuzi Harun has said that the police will be seeking cooperation from foreign authorities to track the five individuals down, namely Jolo. We also have Eric Tan Kim Lung, former 1MDB Executive Director and Finance Terence Gare Cho Hing, former 1MDB Executive Director of Business Development, Casey Tang King Chi, and also former 1MDB Legal Counsel, Jasmine Lu Ai Suan. I guess the, the manhunt has been ongoing already. I mean, everyone's asking, I guess the question out there is, where is Jolo, right? And until today, no one's been able to find him. Well, the, the rumours that he's hiding in China, and uh, that presents a problem of, of its own because Malaysia does not have uh, an extradi- extradition treaty with China. Yeah, but last month, uh, I think Finance Minister Lim Guaning said that he was informed by the Chinese ambassador to Malaysia by then that 
low is not in China. So I don't know. There's speculation out there. And also, I think there's some news that there was no formal data of Jolo entering China. So yeah, but after the arrest warrant was issued uh, recently, Julian, for Jolo, uh, a statement maintaining his innocence came out from Jolo stating that, you know, he's not going to submit to any jurisdiction where guilt has been predetermined by politics and there's no independent legal process. And he also claimed that he cannot get a fair trial in Malaysia. Well, still on Jolo, uh, his uh, ex-yacht, Equanimity, ah. uh, is going to be sold for uh, at least 100 million ringgit, if not above. Uh, sorry, not, not, not ringgit, ringgit, but US, US dollars. dollars. Oh, okay. 100 million. That's, that's a huge sum. Yeah, I think uh, they're saying that the nine-figure f- asking price will be available on application once they have a court approval. Uh, court approval is obtained because um, the Sheriff of Admiralty Court will be seeking the necessary court orders for the sale to go through within this time frame until end of March 2019 they're looking at. So I guess Jolo allegedly built the equanimity at a cost of over 250 million US dollars. Uh, some say using a fund stolen from 1MDB. Okay, so uh, stolen funds, but also big loss uh, for the written down value of the yacht. At 7.51am, WeWork is to launch its biggest regional co-working space here in Malaysia. It's entering the Malaysian market. It will be located in Equatorial Plaza across five floors and will be able to accommodate up to 1,900 members. Well, more and more co-working spaces coming onto the market. I wonder if it's it's an oversupply. But while looking at WeWork, it is a New York-based private company, private co-working space provider that was founded in 2010. They are one of the biggest co-working space players in the world. And I think since then, it now has more than 5,000 employees in over 280 locations. They're in 77 cities and 23 countries. As of July 2017, WeWork has a valuation of roughly 20 billion US dollars. So that that's quite a lot. Uh, and and, you know, with the uh, the, the way that startups uh, go this, these days, you don't necessarily have to make profit. You know, this this is about how much capital you can get. Uh, you know, I know. Uber, for example, $75 billion valuation with no profits to show. Yeah, I just don't get that. And, and <laughs> yeah. now US $20 billion for WeWork. So, but it, and WeWork is loss-making, yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, they've uh, their losses, they're looking at about 700 over, over It's all about chasing, dream, yeah, it's, chasing it's, it's, dream, it's about chasing a dream, Joyce. Yeah, chasing a dream. It's not about chasing profitability sustainability, anymore. right? Well, and, well looking at our, the WeWork uh, co-working space in KL, I think it's said to be the biggest in the region for WeWork. So it's huge. I think they're really going all in for this one. Yeah, they're working uh, together with a, a local partner, mm. uh, Daman Land. Yeah, they've, so WeWork has secured a revenue sharing agreement with Daman Land, who will act as an intermediary for WeWork in the search for other suitable locations for expansion in Malaysia. Daman Land is uh, under Dato Douglas Cheng. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, this Mal- Malaysia, I think, represents a, a pretty big location uh, and an important destination for the rest of the ASEAN region as well. I think a lot of uh, you know some some robo advisors have come in here. Stash away, for example, mm. is uh, signed up uh, apparently with WeWork as well okay. uh, to to be located here. Uh, but I, I think this shows that Malaysia is still a very lucrative market for not only uh, businesses but startups uh, coming here. Uh, they want they want they do want to come in here. Yeah, so I guess startups want to come in here, but they want to work in a kind of working environment that is kind of like a co-working space, I guess, not your traditional 
office, is it? Julian, do you think this is the fad? Do you, would you think it's well, a fad or do you think it's here to stay? Well, it's a, it's a rebranding uh, for all office spaces. Uh, you know, there is uh, a, a lot of unused office spaces in Malaysia. The last stand, I think the average... Uh, uh, occupancy rate of offices in Malaysia quite low, you know, 77 percent uh, in Malaysia or, mm. or in KL. Mm. Um, and you know, with some of these office spaces, the co-working space can make them look more appealing, can repurpose them to be more functional for startups and for other people who are just starting out. Uh, so it represents uh, something that's quite attractive to this new breed of business people. So it's a changing landscape of the whole workplace, I guess, because I think when you sign up with a co-working space it's a it's not a traditional kind of office you have uh, kind of different services uh it's yeah it's, it's very cool design. Um, for, it's very for, for, for millennials right uh, and uh it also sort of uh, capitalizes on this so-called serendipitous uh, encounters where you know all the startups are working together and they're able to share ideas that may lead to your next great mm. big idea your next unicorn well speaking of millennials you know by 2025 forbes says that millennials will come for 75% of the global workforce. So they're definitely going to have a big impact on the workspace concept, what they like, where they like to work. Uh, I, looking at WeWorks, they, we also have common ground. I think if you're looking at hot desk, I think there's also Colony, there's also Work, W-O-R-Q. That's right. Uppercase, Bangsa, there are a lot. There are a lot the, the, the Dojo, Dojo KL as well. And mm. I think that uh, a lot of this would be uh, very good for exit points. You know, a lot of these uh, co- um, uh, co-working spaces are also startups themselves. So if mm. WeWork comes in, it uh, gives them a chance to exit. Uh, 756, Linus slams our ministry's decision as a policy based uh, on, on politics. Uh, so the stock price, uh, Linus stock price in Australia has fallen about 22% as a result of uh, the Ministry of Energy, Science and Technology and Environment and Climate uh, statement yesterday that uh, Linus has got to uh, uh, take back all its waste. Mm, Yeah, so Linus Corp said the government's decision to set preconditions on future license and permission renewals for its plan here is disappointing. And remember that statement came out on Tuesday and then summary noted that the plant's operations had largely abided by rules and regulations uh, relating to atomic energy licensing, environmental quality and occupational safety and health among others. However, I think after reviewing the detailed report, the ministry said that it had concerns about the accumulation of two primary residues. Seems like uh, the same kind of uh, strategy taken out of the Jolo playbook, right? Because Jolo... Because Jolo yesterday accused the government of just um, um, making policy of arrest uh, based on politics and based on sentiment, based on a political agenda. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Linus is taking the same kind of tack today in saying that, uh, you know, this is just politics and not based on real policy. Uh, But, you know, there is real danger here because these substances are are very toxic. So um, uh, that's all uh, the business news we have for you today. Uh, Don't forget uh, to join us uh, for the Breakfast Grill, where Joyce will be speaking to uh, Dato Sri Mir Sadiq Habib, Managing Director of Habib Jewels. That's happening after the 8 a.m. news, BFM 89.9. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.